you need to be able to go out, buy a gun, and learn how to shoot it. Um, be sure you don't forget the learn how to shoot it part. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle uh, with my friend and colleague, uh, Alfonso Rachel. This is the Virtue Signal. And uh, last week we mentioned, man, we're running out of virtues. And uh, as it turns out, one of our uh, one of our BillWhittle.com members stepped up. And by the way, we would certainly invite you to do that as well, especially members, if you have a topic you want to see uh, covered on this show. Not only would we love to do it, we're desperate to do it. But here's here's what he said. Um, it came to us from uh, Ralph. I'll just leave it at Ralph because he didn't say for sure to mention his name, but he was talking about Robert Heinlein, um, Zoe, and um, and this is a fairly famous quote of his. He said, uh, "Quote: A man should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone." Comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, and die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. I think I did pretty much all of those things in the last three or four days, to be perfectly honest with you. I've been a little busy. Um... That's a pretty wide list, but let's talk about this idea of ability, and, and let's, at least for the general part of it, keep it kind of confined to men because we're manly men and we uh, have manly male opinions about many manly things that manly men have opinions about. It seems like we don't have the, the uh, variety of skill sets that uh, our parents had. There's certainly some skills we have uh, that they didn't have, internet uh, broadcasting being one of them. But I am struck at the fact that when you look at the success of of, uh, Mike Rowe and his Dirty Job show, and you see the things that that those guys do, and you think, oh, man, I could never do that. Our our recent ancestors had to do all of these things, many of them unpleasant. Do you think we've gotten – it's not so much a question as soft as just – well, do you think we're too specialized? Do you think we're turning into – a nation of insects who know how to do one thing well and a, and a flat tire leaves leaves us, you know, crying and, and texting for help. Yeah, man, I, that's that's a bucket list for me to fill up, man. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm manly man. I got here to prove it. Planning um, an invasion is my favorite one. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, uh, um, you know, giving, giving, rattling off the war drums for that one. Because, um, you know, hey, that's what I do. Okay, Soft, well, I I think really what it comes down to, to be manly, I reckon is to to be resourceful. That you need to be able to do in this particular time, um, then you want to be able to do what's necessary to, you know, pay rent, put food on the table. Uh, the hunter-gatherer thing it depends on what your time requires you to hunt for. Yeah, resourceful. Um, resourceful is a word you don't hear very often these days. Mm-hmm. You know that that ability to improvise that that, that was always kind of mm-hmm. the key American trait. That ingenuity. Well, we don't have this, so we're going to have to fix that. We got Apollo thirteen, and they got one size of uh, carbon dioxide scrubbers, and 
for the command module and a different shape for the lunar module. We got to find a way for these things to get together. Here's some socks and some duct tape and and a and a and a, and a Tupperware <laughs> thing. Figure out how to do it. Yeah, yeah. You got to be MacGyver in the moment, right? So I that's mean, right, MacGyver in the moment, man. There you go. That's but that's I think that's really what it comes down to. It's I guess manliness doesn't need to be necessarily defined by you know you need to be able to feel dress this animal like like right now it should just be in your blood it's in your instinct to be able to do that uh once again you provide at the same time have the discernment on what it is that you're doing to make to make provisions right i mean manhood is basically doing what's honest and doing what's decent and having discernment to actually know what's honest and decent sure that you have the ability to acquire the resources that you need to get to point B, etc. Do you think that we're too um, that we're that we've lost some resourcefulness? I'll tell you a true story. I'm not particularly incredibly proud of this or anything. It just hit me. Um, it's kind of a unpleasant story. Um, we rent a house and uh, came home and discovered there was a bit of a smell, and the smell got worse the next day. And we we have a, a open one of the gates, grates was open to the crawl space under the house and something had gone in there and died. So I remember thinking, I'm going to have to crawl through this crawl space and uh, go and find this thing and put it in a plastic bag and get it out of here. And I did not want to do that at all, at all. And I got on, uh, got on my a little iPad and I did a quick little Google search and I found a company that would come out and do it. And an actual real man came out in a in a, a jumpsuit, and he went under there and came out with this enormous dead possum, and he was practically vomiting and washing his you know his hose just so he could breathe again. And I remember thinking, you know, I just remember thinking, I, I really feel like I should have done that, but I'm awful glad I didn't. You know, it's a butchering the hog thing. I think on that list is the one I probably have the most problem with. Yeah, it's uh you know to to be able to uh, slaughter an animal, a but you know um you, you got to eat and your family's got to eat. Do what you got to do. I remember uh, uh kind of speaking of like going to get like a uh, remove some you know some some witch not or or whatnot. Uh, there were some bees coming into uh our our, our house right. Uh, you know it's okay a couple bees just open the door and let them out, but they just kind of kept coming. So. Uh, I guess I reckon the man of the house is going to have to do something about it immediately. It's this isn't one of those things where it's like I got to go make a phone call and wait for the, you know, uh, uh, the bee professionals to show up. I guess I had to go do it. So, man, I go ahead. I get my sweater on and wrap up my head. Man, I look like I'm going on a beehive, right? <laughs> so I can get ready to do a jihad and get some bees, you know. <laughs> and I got to go up on the roof, man, all clothed up. You're and, and a deal, beehive. Because, you, know, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, they're talking about the. I'll be hotty, right? And I reckon, you know, and my wife, you know, the way I was dressed, I said, like, hey, you are looking kind of be hotty there, you know, sexy guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me go ahead and take take care of this, bring the terror against the bees. It's like, do I want to be up there to do it? But hey, you're 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 in line to do it, man. So go ahead and get up there and do it. I don't know how to just bees. <laughs> I don't know how that's the thing about it. It's like you you just you're your man. You're how to do these that's things. Right. Okay, well, I know how to get on Google, <laughs> but like I said, there was no time for that. They're coming in. Right, so had to do something about it. I was ashamed of myself when I saw that guy come out with that bag, and and this guy does this for a living, and he was oh. it was pretty nasty apparently. I remember just being ashamed of myself, and I really sat and asked myself, 
if this service hadn't been available, <laughs> would I have been able to do it? And I and I think, yeah, well, I would have had no choice. It's either me or Natasha, right? And then you just can't live with yourself, and she's probably not going to want to live with you either. But but the ability to do things and 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 resourcefulness, the ability to simply you know improvise. Uh, I remember clear as day, clear as day, what when my dad taught me how to change a tire, and I was probably seven or eight. And I remember we had, to, it was an old style jack, you know, it wasn't the scissors jack, it was the, mm. like the straight jack in the back, you know, and you had to crank this thing, just ratchet the back of the car up. And my dad said, don't stand behind the jack, sometimes those things will kick out, and if it does, it'll probably kill you. So I thought, okay, note to self, do not stand behind jack while jacking up car. Uh, and then we went around and changed the tires, <laughs> and he told me, you know, you got to tighten the bolts in like a star pattern, never go around, because you can put a little thing, okay, got that too. When I had a, a car breakdown, an actual breakdown of the battery and the electrical system just went dead, I, I called AAA to tow the car because I'm not able to tow the car with my teeth. Another thing I'm deeply ashamed of is not being able to put a chain in my mouth and tow my car nine miles. So the guy with the tow truck came, <laughs> and I, we, the two of us pushed the car out uh, into the street because it was in an underground parking lot, and he's hooking up the chains, and he says to me, hey, thanks for helping me push the car out. And I said well, what am I going to do, just sit there and drive while you push? He said, yeah, that's what everybody else does. I, Come on. He said, no, it's true. He says, 90% of my calls are to go out and change tires for grown men who never knew how or who don't want to get their shoes wow. dirty. And I remember thinking, that's not no, And it's one of those things. <laughs> it's California. You know, and I, I wasn't, you know, how to change a tire. And, um, you know, but the reason why I had an idea of how to do one is because, like you were saying, uh, uh, when you when you do the bolts, you got to do them in a certain pattern. Well, that's the same way with drumming. When you change your drum head and tune it around, you have to tune it in a pattern so that so it'll seat correctly. Right. So it's it's and I'm like thinking when I had to change a tire, you know, oh, it's probably the same principle. Right. Make sure. Well, well done. That was a piece of right. resourceful <laughs> thinking on your part. When you said you didn't know how to change a tire, I thought it was because you were a sissy. <laughs> it might have had a little something to do with it. But in there, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, used that word in 40 years. What a grand good word times, that is. Man. You get to call somebody a sissy. Anyway, but, you know, so, you know, change, and, and it's the same thing, you know, passing on even tomorrow. Hey, look, if you get stopped on, you know, if you, if you uh, have a block, blowout because you're know, in the desert, you know, you get that dry rot and, and tires will just blow out on you. And uh, so mm -hmm. if you have one of those, you know, if, and, you know, this is how you're going to pull over the side of the road and, you know, make sure that you got something to chalk the wheels with and whatnot, you know, so the car don't roll and, and all that sort of stuff is and, and rocking the wheels. Now, I wouldn't have even did that. But the reason why I applied that was, uh, let me see, like, like whenever I changed the fire, I, tire, I wasn't always chuckles. But, you know, as a young man, you know, a younger man, you know, when I was fueling veins. You know, when you when you got to chalk wheels before you pull the before you fuel the fuel the plane. Oh, maybe I should probably chalk the wheels. You know, even if I got the brake on or it's in park, I should yep. probably do that when I do my car. You know, so initially, maybe not so much me, but just as a precaution, I tell my wife that, you know, see if you can make sure you can find something to chalk the wheel, put a rock underneath the wheel, something sure. like that, you don't know, want the car to roll on you. So, you know, things like that. But I'm not going to sit there and act like, hey, this is something that I automatically know how to do. I'm going to pass this information on you. Certain experiences kind of led me to that illusion. But all that to say, you know, when we're talking about these things, you know, what qualifies man, 
Oh, the, the, the manly strong things to do. I think that's what it comes down to, Bill. It's like, you know, we got this show of strength to be able to do certain things to date what it, what it, uh, what it is yeah. to be a man. And, and, and just certain basic, basic skill levels, you know? I mean, you should be able to know how to start a fire. You should be able to know how to, you should be able to know how to put a, a, a screw into drywall. You know, these are not terribly complex things. These are not, and, and they're not terribly burly things either. But it, there does seem to be a growing dependence, as I said, to my great shame, on calling other people to come and do these things. And it's not even so much of a problem as it is, I think, yeah. in a way you're kind of cheating yourself, you know, because the more of this stuff you know how to do, the more confident you are when you go through life. It's just it's just the truth. You know, you just it's just the truth. I, I, I flew a very light airplane through some very, very bad yeah. turbulence in um in El Cajon Pass once, and I thought the plane was going to shake itself to pieces, and it didn't. And from that point forward, whenever I got into turbulence, I said, "Well, the plane didn't shake itself to pieces last time, and I'm and I'm pretty sure it won't shake itself to pieces now." That's kind of what I'm talking about here. When you learn that you can do something and be resourceful and find a solution and make it work, it makes you proud, and you should be proud, and and that builds your confidence. Next time it happens, you're more likely to be able to actually take some useful action. Instead of sitting around waiting for an actual man to come and do these things for you, you know? and, and you know sometimes it's sometimes it may be about the, the the time. It may be about the the what you have available to do certain things, you know. Because mm -hmm. uh, because uh, here's the thing: so much information where it's like people shouldn't even have to call somebody to do something. It's like you can just go ahead and go on and uh, do a Google search and give yourself a how to do. But it. that's the self confidence that I'm talking about that seems to be mm -hmm. definitely on the decline is that mm. is that in order to do that you have to have the self confidence to believe you can pull it off or at least look and see if you can pull it off that i think is the thing that alarms me the most is that mm. is that that um that kind of ingenuity and resourcefulness and 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 um well, what's the word i'm looking mm. for just an intrepidity uh, to go out there and do things, it seems to be kind of going away. And and I worry about that, among other things that seem to be going yeah, that's it. I, I, I guess there's an intimidation factor when it comes to the task. You know, I, I can dig that. But it's just, you know, when you have a culture that does seem to stir itself as so confident and so woke and resist and, you know, and, and I guess ready to, to start a revolution and stuff like that. They they still want to phone it in. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know there there is that factor, and um oh it's I think uh, maybe coming in a culture of you know the the whole participation trophy thing and hey it's okay if you can't do these things and and then on the other hand you also have a culture that is looking at somebody apart because they yeah. can't do something you know it's is we got a very a very critical at the same time so if you demonstrate. You, man, it, it, something can even be excellent and, and and somebody could do something and you still got the haters looking to tear them apart as if it just wasn't good enough so i guess it does kind of make some people afraid to to even a, to something like even you know make a break at a yeah. necessity or something like that yeah. no yeah, we'll close with one final uh skill set that i think is going to be near and dear to your heart and that is mm. um self-defense i never my dad taught me many things, but self-defense was never one of them. And I never had that confidence. I wish I'd had it in elementary school. I, I certainly wish I'd had it in junior high. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, I've since taken some self-defense classes, and I feel 
much better all the time when I'm in a dicey situation. Before, I didn't know what to do. Now I know what to do. And just knowing what to do is usually enough to deter somebody who can see, that's his job, if the guy's a professional mugger or whatever the case may be, he needs to pick victims. He can see if he's intimidating or not. I've had two or three occasions since then when I was staring down guys that were just absolutely out of their minds, insane, raving lunatics, you know, and I just looked at them and just didn't escalate the thing but made it pretty clear I'm not going to cow or I'm not going to run because I had a plan now, right? If this guy advances on me, I've got a plan, and I learned that plan through these self-defense classes that I was taking. And you, you, you've been involved with this for the longest possible time. Sure, sure. You know, it's... You know, I think uh, one of the bigger things that I, I <laughs> a lesson that I learned in martial arts is how to be able to licks, because uh, I sure did take my share of them, you know, with my classmates. Uh, I was the runt, man. I was and when, when I was studying with uh, my um, my instructor and it was, uh, you know, it wasn't your run in the mill or every day. It wasn't sport. You know, it wasn't a social club. It was it was fighting. And uh, and to keep up with these guys, man, uh, I would go in there with steel toed boots. Uh, <laughs> I had to, to, I mean, cause my classmates, I mean, they, they, these, some of them were like vatos, man. They were like, you know, they've been in and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, my instructor, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a physician or he's actually, he's a, he's a doctor of chiropractic. And, uh, you know, and when I, I remember for just first meeting him, right. That I was going to learn something from this. And his whole thing was like, look, man, I, 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 I'm here to, to refine, you know, to, to, to teach refinement. You know, by the arts, I'm going to sculpt you, right? I'm going to put you in the fire. And, uh, you know, these guys that, you know, I would train with, man, and they were, you know, they were the nicest guys. You get in the ring with them, though, and, you know, it, it's a whole nother. It's, you know, it's like I was in there. But, uh, and I'm not saying, yeah, like, I'm are, some, though. you know, tough guy who can really get out there and fight. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd like to, my, my teacher wanted to instruct instructors. That's what he wanted to build. I, I can, it's, mm -hmm. in terms of my talent, I may use the word talent. Teaching is one. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a talented fighter. But, you know, with it, I remember first meeting him, man, I've been able to pick him out of a crowd as a fighter, you know, but shook hand, right? And he didn't give that kind of handshake. Yeah, one of those like kind of things. He's like, oh, hand, or, you didn't tell me we were doing an arm wrestling match today, you know, Mr. Strength. Exactly. Well, it wasn't that, you know, he didn't kind of do the thing where you, you tilt your hand to make sure that your hand is on top to assert dominance or anything. Not that, man. It was, it was just the way that he held my hand and the angle of it. I could feel the weight. I didn't feel pressure. I felt weight. And it's like, why am I feeling weight? And it was the kind of thing where he shook my hand. I was off balance. Just, and that kind of thing where it's like, okay, I think I'm really going to learn something here. More than I've ever learned about the arts in all, in, in all my life. So, you know, but in learning and even going through that, there's the knowing and then there's the application. The, we, in teaching it and, and really getting into it, it's all made so much sense, right? But even though it makes sense to you, you still got to put it to the, you got to do your lab work, right? Things that you might know, uh, you, you'd be in for a surprise. But that comes with the time, it comes with the rank, and then things that a person may were so complicated, or, or say this really sure. quick, and I see this a lot of times, arts. There's a demonstration that are put on that will fit in the moment, right? Like say, for instance, um, people will be taught, and it makes it look good, and it, and it will give a student a sense of confidence, 
And I hear people saying stuff like, though, well, martial arts is good, but against the opponent who's sitting still. A stigma to that because a lot of people, they see these things. And an example would, of, of that would be um, when a person is taught to retaliate a technique to, to a, a assault. Have the opponent right foot in front, right? When, when a person puts their right foot in front, whatever that opponent has, it makes their body seems very accessible to you. So now you could do anything. It's the problem. People are right-handed and most people don't fight that way. Imagine throwing a baseball. When you go to throw a baseball, are you going to put your right foot in front? No. To throw with your strong hand, you're most likely right-handed. You're going to put your left foot in front. And that's how people blows. So that, if a person doesn't have that sense of human-to-human combat dynamic, they're going to be in for a surprise. Because, oh, wait a minute, his stance is closed. It's it's not open. (laughs) Now... You're at a bar fight and said, hey, hang on one second. Could, could you just could you just switch your feet for me before you crack me on the head with that right? broken bottle? Could you those put your right little, foot those forward? Those things make yeah, a that's big better. Hold it right difference. There. That's good. So it's it, yeah. and you have to once again, you got to do your lab work on it. You got to you got to get a sense of the shock of what it is. Of You, you don't have the static opponent. Opponent It's very dynamic. This person's not going to sit there and let you do these things to them. You know, and, and a lot of the martial arts has a stop those things. And I can see it. I've, I've been there. Like I said, when I got with my instructor, he threw all that out the window. It's like, okay, the simplicity of it. Like when we talk about the resourcefulness of it, and like I said, my instructor, you know, he's a chiropractor. So the, the physiology was very important. No longer a point of my opponent does this, I'm going to do this. And I've got like a um, repertoire of things that I could yep. possibly do. No, trying to remember those things to get you hurt. What I know is this. I know that your range of motion is only going to allow this much. I know that there is only a certain perimeters of how you can attack me. So considering that in mind, I know that your arm is going to either extend this much or flex this much. I know that your shoulder can only rep- to, can only rotate so much, vice versa. I know that your leg can only this and so, so on and so forth. So once I'm able to, once I'm able to intercept the artery, then there has to be a, a method to be able to uh, to intercept it. Just like any weapon, you have to have a delivery system for it. So once I'm able to do that, then, and that takes practice, but still simplifying. Okay, I know that you, you only have, you're allotted this much range of motion, and what can I do to interrupt? So, you know, once again, you can have the knowledge, and then there's the application. See, that breakdown that Zoe just gave you is the reason why you should take self-defense classes. It's it's not even so that you know what to do when you get in a fight. It's just that you know that you would know what to do if you're about to get into a fight. And that makes life much, much easier. So I'll just close with this. I think of all the manly abilities that we talked about, the one that if you have not uh, achieved this yet, you need to do it right away. And, and mm. a significant number of women need to do it too. You need to be able to go out, buy a gun, and learn how to shoot it. Um, <laughs> be sure you don't forget the learn how to shoot it part. The ability to defend yourself is is essential to a free society. Your ability to defend yourself and your and your neighborhood is also a handy thing to have to do. But I didn't realize until I actually bought my first gun, which I did fairly late, I want to say 2007 or something. I didn't realize how different life felt there. It wasn't it wasn't cockiness, it wasn't certainly wasn't arrogance or increased, you know, aggression on the contrary. But just knowing that that weapon is there and handy 
is an enormous relief. It really, truly is. And and I think that's a very important thing for, for people to be able to do. I'll just close with this last little anecdote. My wife is from Russia, and when she first got here, she couldn't believe that the doors in, in America consisted of, you know, one little dead bolt like that, because in, in Russia, the doors are steel, and there are four bolts you're going to do, you know? And when we got this house that we're renting, the one that formerly had the dead possum underneath it, uh, our front door's got a couple of little, you know, crystal things on the side. And she she turned to me and she said, Billy, this this is glass. If somebody wants to come in there, the, the glass isn't going to stop them. They just smash the glass and open the door. I said, honey, the glass isn't there to stop them from coming in. The glass is there to wake me up. <laughs> That's why the glass is there. And she got it. And turns out she's an excellent shot. That'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal, made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com, to whom we are daily grateful. And if you want to be one of those wonderful people, we'd love to have you. Just click on the link below, and you will take yourself to a world of wonder and magic, where excellent suggestions like this one uh, came from a small group of very good friends that you don't know you have yet. For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Virtue Signal.